Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the KeyCast. Uh, I know I promised that today would be an episode on the soul as part of a three-part series, but honestly, when we recorded it, we weren't really happy with the results, and we don't really like that topic in general. So I think we will keep the episode. We're just not going to upload it. Maybe in the future, we'll upload it as a bonus episode, or if anybody wants it, they can message us so we can maybe send it to them. We were initially going to do an episode on modern dating, but we're going to save that for next week. Instead, we decided to do an episode on COVID-19, the coronavirus, as that is such a huge topic right now. And we wanted to weigh in a little bit about not only what it is uh, and the social implications of it, but what you could be doing from our research to protect yourselves and protect those around you. We're currently recording on March 14th, 2020, and at the rate that this pandemic is unfolding, everything that we're saying in this podcast might be outdated. So just keep that in mind. You might be hearing things that are not true to your time, but I hope that everybody is healthy. And without further ado, please enjoy today's episode on COVID-19, the coronavirus. And we're live. Uh, welcome back to the KeyCast. It's been a while. We have a couple episodes in the pipeline that we haven't posted because we've just been busy and stuff. But I think we want to talk about coronavirus today, COVID-19, because that's really on current events. And I think it's on all of our minds. Um, the world's mind. The world's mind, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to mention that we are not experts, not in that field, not in anything, really. Not so, really. <laughs> no. I mean... You should always read if you hear something that doesn't make sense. You should read in general, but like, we're not experts. Most of our research is done from podcasts, from different papers that we read, from other articles. We just try to get a general sense and discuss it. But again, I encourage you to go back to the main sources that we will post um, and fact check for yourself. I think what we'll talk about today is, I guess, like the research we've done and maybe like our experience being in Montreal and who we know, maybe some experiences like buying groceries or something. Yeah. We'll try not to delve too much into the, the nitty gritty <laughs> science. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody knows too, too much. I mean, they're yeah. publishing the, the, the virus. What's it the, called? Um, a structure. A structure and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I think one thing's quite important right now we need to talk about is that coronavirus has nothing to do with the beer, Corona. Yeah, um, it's that's, true. That's factual. Yeah. Well, actually, no. People thought that it did initially. Yeah. Like apparently, Corona in the hit. U.S. forty percent sales in Corona dropped uh, specifically because of the coronavirus. Yeah. But to you know talk about Corona, uh, Corona means the crown, and uh, it's essentially a family of viruses that look like tennis balls, and they have these spikes attached to it. Yeah. And I encourage you to go look for at a picture because oh, it's actually quite beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and so the idea is that uh, it's like any other virus that can attached to surfaces using these spikes. Well, and actually, what's important, you mentioned that's like any other virus. Actually, there's a ton of coronaviruses. Correct. And mm-hmm. something like four of them are shown to have caused the common, the common cold. Correct. So coronavirus in and of itself is not dead. It's deadly, but it's not like this, you know, pandemic virus that's killing everything. It's just this specific one yeah. is COVID-19 which is the disease mm-hmm. correct and uh, this one specifically attaches to our lung surfaces and that's why you know we'll talk about the symptoms one of the major symptoms with the uh, coronavirus is that you have respiratory issues um, so where did this start I mean we've you know we've all talked about the origin being wet markets in China specifically in Wuhan and I was actually um, you know there's always those myths about how this could have been a biological weapon 
start in Wuhan because they have biological centers there. And there's yeah. also a statement by, made by the Chinese officials stating that it was U.S. sending the, yeah. the um, what's it called, the disease out to China. But essentially, using DNA testing similar to carbon dating, they found out that this specific strain moved from human from animals. So it's a specific virus from animals. Uh, all the coronaviruses are. Yeah, all, majority the of the coronavirus. Yeah, but yeah. this one was actually moved into humans in the third week of November of 2019. So they were able mm-hmm. to specify around what time, you know, based on the DNA testing and yeah. whatever carbon dating method they use. Is, uh, COVID-19, I don't know if we mentioned, maybe a short-term memory loss, but COVID-19 is the, I guess, the World Health Organization's official designation for the disease, which okay. is something I think interchangeably, at least I'm going to be using COVID-19, coronavi- novel yeah. coronavirus, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But people should know that COVID-19 is the coronavirus. Well, it's, it's not the virus it's, it's itself, a type. it's disease. Yeah. It's, the, it's the one we're talking about. SARS-CoV-2 is the virus that causes it. It's kind of like HIV and AIDS. Yeah. Got you. But can you continue? So, question is, you know, how deadly is this? Like, I think there's a lot of um, different perceptions to uh, what's going on. A lot of people think that it's just the seasonal flu uh, that's going to come and go, and then it's going to be within two days we're going to see a decline. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there is the other end of the spectrum, which describes this as post-apocalyptic. Scenario, and um, based on anything and everything that I've studied and read about, I think there is a definite sort of number where we'll reach a peak in fourteen weeks to three months. No, no, no. I think people say it's going to get significantly worse until then, but the people have been talking that it will potentially continue for two years. Oh no! But the peak, the peak, the worst, the worst. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to peak in three months, but it definitely will continue for at least three months. The thing is, I don't think seeing. we know we what's going to happen. We don't. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's so, no data available, first of all, because it's new. Yeah. There's no study done on it. Yeah, People yeah. still trying to understand, uh, you know, the virus itself. The problem is, like, we're making assumptions based off of epidemiological or statistics, which is all correlation, right? Correct. For example, all the claims that, like, it affects older people, like, we made within a few weeks of, of knowing about the disease. And sure, like right now we know like it affects people with comorbidities and older age, but then there are some cases where like younger people are also getting affected. Yeah. So what do we do with that new information now? Does it change our whole perspective? Do we change how we how we act? And I think still it does. Because I think, so I mean, like you said, it typically affects, or it's more, it's more of the likelihood that it'll affect. It's not that it's only going to affect, but it's a risk factor. So the number yeah. one risk factor is age. Also mm-hmm. things like hypertension, um, uh, lung disorders, yeah. diabetes. But what I'm saying is, like, it's, we need to be careful when we make assumptions based off of limited information. For That's sure. Correct, right? And but that doesn't like, mean that you can't make preventative measures. Well, I think regardless of any assumption we make, like, we all have to take preventative measures, yeah. right? Which are what? What should we do? I think we should get into that Yeah, I, I think we should. But, okay. but, yeah, in a bit, I do want to talk about some stats that I got from... Uh, uh, in the epidemiologist and these are conservative numbers and this is what they're based on current i mean to date expectations okay we're expecting before you before you go yeah i think we should clarify though that there's like like at least like from the media experts that come on podcasts and, and youtube and stuff like they all make from, my, from what i see like different claims in terms of numbers severity 
um, 100%. But they have some, at least a lot, some of them do have very similar ranges, at least. Yeah, yeah, similar ranges. Like, they all say, like, you know, wash your hands, social distancing, distancing, you know, be careful, like, there's more to come, whatever. But um, I think there's a big range in terms of, like, some experts, like, you know, this is it, this is the end, you know, like. Correct. Lockdown, whatever. Other people are saying, like, you know, it's okay to go cross the street, go to your friend's house, whatever, as long as you're practicing safe measures. There's a big likelihood we might have to do coronavirus episode two next week, just because of the amount of information that's coming in. That's true. And we yeah. might have to it update this. It does change this. all the time. Oh, yeah. I should mention, right now we're recording, it's March 14th at around 4 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time this is uploaded, it'll probably be March 15th. And by the time you hear this, it could be April, which <laughs> everything that we've been <laughs> saying could be changed. <laughs> exactly. So and just, I just wanted to throw some stats here. Just to get an idea of yeah. what we're looking at, conservative, uh, they're expected the, this to be 10 to 15 times worse than the seasonal flu death in terms of numbers. Yeah. So around 280,000. Uh, we're going to expect around 50 million people hospitalized, 95 million affected. I mean, we were just talking about this a while ago. Yeah. Um, this is worldwide? Yeah, this is worldwide. Global, yeah, yeah, global numbers. And Italy was fine three weeks ago. And Last now, two weeks ago, they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> now and they're in a global lockdown. You know, um, and the issue with this specific virus is the rate at which it's spreading. Yeah. And unlike the previous pandemics we've had, the world is so connected now. Mm. It's not that only that. It's not only that. It's also the virus itself. Correct. Correct. And the thing is, um, I mean, the, its ability to be uh, asymptotic in patients and people thinking that they don't have it. But yeah. essentially, there was actually a, a few uh, study in Germany recently done. And they found these. Uh, they found a person who was positive with coronavirus in the uh, factory. It was a automobile manufacturing plant. Took the people around them who were asymptotic, and tested them for coronavirus. They found out that they had the virus in their nasal passage, and it was dormant. Essentially, they were there, and it was ten times, one thousand times more. Then, in terms of quantity, than SARS. Let me let me just paint the picture for that because I think it's important to get a little background yeah, about yeah. that. So, this is the third coronavirus pandemic we've had in this uh, millennium. So, in 2003, we had SARS one. Then, in 2012, we had MERS, so Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, which is also from a coronavirus. Camels. Well, it comes from camels, camels but yeah. it jumped from bats to camels to humans. Oh wow! Found. Okay. So it started in Jordan, went to Saudi Arabia, and then. Mm-hmm. And that was actually it had higher mortality rates than SARS one. And SARS one in the Saudi. Yeah, in Saudi, when where was this happening? Yeah, it was awful. Like sixty percent mm-hmm. of people who got it died. Yeah, but yeah. and SARS one, especially in the older populations, it was like a thirty to forty mortality rate percent mortality rate. The different and now we have twenty twenty. We have SARS. The difference is, so SARS one especially, you got super 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 sick after four or five days, and then you went straight to the ICU. MERS as well. You like. If you got it, you were not able to breathe without mechanical respira- mechanical respirators, mm-hmm. so you were in the ICU. So you're essentially quarantined from the moment you got it. And the yeah. transmission rates of those viruses were very low because the viral load, from what I've read, would increase as the days progressed. Exactly. So the viral load is what causes um, is the amount of virus in your system. Yeah. So that helps with things like that doesn't help, but it uh, influences. Who's at the door? Oh, Let me just pause this really quickly. I wasn't expecting anyone. Sorry about that. We uh, had a knock at the door. But anyway, so 
Viral load increases as the days progress. The viral load is the higher the viral load, of course, the more the worse the symptoms, I believe, but also mm -hmm. the higher the rate of transmission. Correct. Because if you you know start coughing or you sneeze or you breathe out, more virus is going to get released into the atmosphere. In fact, uh, SARS only becomes infections uh, infectious six days after someone gets it. Exactly, yeah. and that's because for SARS and MERS, the viral load would increase. So exactly. it's a four or five day incubation period, and then mm -hmm. five days later, your viral load is high enough that you could start getting infectious. With COVID nineteen which is similar to these as it's a coronavirus, but it's a different viral agent. Um, within hours of receiving it, at least within hours of being exposed to it, you become being you become uh, a carrier. You become a carrier and you yeah. can be, you're, you're infectious because the viral load is, you know, tens to hundreds of times higher than that of SARS-1. And that's one of the big issues is that you're, you don't know you have it. And one of the sad things about uh, like SARS and MERS is because there was such a high death rate, it was difficult for the virus to spread. Over here, you don't have that much of the higher death rate. Like we're surviving with the virus for too long. Yeah. Well, also because you, if the the, uh, the symptoms are so severe, you go to quarantine immediately, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Here, we don't know all the symptoms. So people are presenting with, you know, GI, gastrointestinal infections, or yeah. symptoms like, you know, diarrhea, nausea, etc. And they go to the ICU or to some ward in the hospital, not realizing it's the coronavirus or COVID-19, they're infecting everyone, both in the ward, both the patients and the doctors and the nurses and all the other staff. One thing to point out over here is that, you know, kids are not showing uh, symptoms. Kids we are don't not, know no, why. No, no, yeah, kids, they, they, are, they are carriers. Yeah, but we don't know why they're not showing symptoms. Yeah, there's something to do with their immune system most likely fighting faster, but they are not showing symptoms and hence are still carriers which are affecting the elderly. But I read a report there was at least a case of uh, one baby that died. From. Which would make sense because mm -hmm. their immune systems are not fully developed. Only yes, only two percent of uh, uh, people in China below mm -hmm. the nineteen were actually hospitalized. I think though, if we're going to talk yeah. about numbers like that, it's really important to re realize that yeah, there's so right now as at this time there's a one a estimated one hundred fifty thousand uh, cases, just under six thousand deaths, and around seventy five thousand recovered. That still leaves a huge percentage of open cases that we don't know where they could go into the recovered pile. They can go into the death pile. Yeah. And also we have so many asymptomatic people that haven't been tested yet or are currently in testing that we don't actually know the number of cases. So you can't actually make like, so I think that's, that's why there's so much variability in yeah, the numbers. Exactly. And that's why I think people need to take a step back from the numbers and just realize this is an issue despite yeah. the fact that the mortality rate is not as high as you might think. Yeah, like I think we should just like you know be prepared, you know, take the right precautions, like, and just like you said, like we don't know the exact numbers are changing every day, all the time, um, all the time, right? From different sources. So <clears throat> the best thing we can do is just practice safe public health. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, you know, the I guess at this point, since we don't know a lot of what's going to happen in the future, we don't know how it's growing. I, I think how to deal with it is something we should definitely talk about but also to talk about the methodologies of how the governments are dealing with it and you know the different variations of information like there are many schools of thoughts to have to work with this on one side you have the people talking about social distancing and then you have on the other hand united kingdom uh, on, until recently due to a lot of political pressure were like walk out in the crowds do not cancel these events let's let's you know generate these pools of people spread the disease as fast as possible and then create a you know 
That sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Every right. expert in the world is like, stay away from crowds. So exactly. And so literally, uh, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, the uh, Prime Minister of the UK said, this is the worst uh, public crisis uh, yeah. from a generation and prepared to lose loved ones before the time. And um, the idea was, you know, like I ta- uh, talked about, you know, uh, not to have social distancing is because they wanted to you know build up some herd immunity in the long run i don't know if that's how it works but that's yeah. exactly no that's that's exactly no there's an entire scroll thought and it's uh i've read multiple articles on this where they mentioned about you know people who have these underlying conditions they have it for four to five days but it is the issue comes is that people with uh with under with the uh, you know lung diseases and also obesity is also well, another thing. Diabetes, diabetes is things, yeah. people who are going to be affected. So why would you want to build up? You can't build up herd immunity in someone who's got. No, like, re- I think he means like if you infect everyone, then they all will overcome, recover from the disease. And you'll have a pool. Immune. At least you'll have at least Maybe. a pool of people that right, are right. Immune. Or you but shock the hospitals and the healthcare systems into failure. But that's yeah. yeah. So now that that's that, that's the thing. Now, is it is it inevitable that we are all going to get it even out of even after all the, uh, you know, the... Um, I don't think so. No, it's not. Yeah, we all have think... different biology, right? I mean, it t- so... Th- well, like, what? maybe a large... I don't, I don't I really know, to be honest. Like, a small number might get it, a large number might get it, but there's, there's no way we could say, like, inevitably we'll all get it. Yeah. And we may or may not recover from it. Like, even if we're, like, we're young, we're potentially healthy, like, people say, like, yeah, we're young. Like I'm young, I'm gonna get it, and I'll be fine. Like we don't know that. No, we okay. don't know that. So know no, that. for sure. But that's why I'm saying like this whole idea of herd immunity, yeah. shocking everyone into it. Like you don't know how everyone's gonna react. Some people thing. are. It's all that's <laughs> no, terrible. But but this is exact. This is exactly UK's uh, statement till Friday. Till this Friday, that's yesterday. They changed their entire. Uh, methodology to how to deal with this crisis yeah. is just yeah. because of political pressure and i feel like well, this, this week in general was an intense week yeah. for everyone exactly this goes back to like you know last week even myself like i was like oh wherever it's a it's a it's a china thing you know we're not gonna be affected by it. i don't really care like within a matter of days my opinion has changed completely and that sounds exactly like what the uk government is doing but it and it sounds like the best way to move forward is to have those preventative measures in place for right? sure there's no way that like a government will now be okay with like yeah you know it's okay just go see whoever you want yeah but there's also you know a lot of social implications that come with things like closing schools that's exactly it right what happens uh, yeah. to health practitioners with kids yeah like what about the nurses and the doctors that have kids who's gonna stay home and watch the kid now yeah it's a it's a big of uh, so like it's, cycle it's, of, uh, it's actually a moral question if anything like do you risk the lives of patients in the hospitals because the health workers can't go to work because they have to take care of the kids do you risk the kids becoming symptomatic by sending them to school? Well, that's like, like one is like the the oath that like physicians and healthcare workers take to like, you know, care for your patients first and yeah. foremost. Um, and then you contrast that with like, yeah, they have kids, so they have to find alternative measures for their kids. And it's, if I was a healthcare worker, I'm not sending them to, to school. Yeah, of course. Like, like at least all the Ontario schools have shut down. All the Quebec schools have now shut down. Mm-hmm. Although McGill took their <laughs> sweet time in telling us. Yeah. <laughs> It took like 12 hours to send out a statement from the time, uh, less than 12 hours. It was probably like eight hours. I think yeah. they sent like 8 p.m. yesterday. Um, and as, even as of right now, like the research institute, which we work at, at the Glen is still open. But no so, one knows if we're allowed to go into work or not. Yeah, exactly. Like I've personally stopped going into work. So I, like, I have experiments ongoing that I have. I'm, I'm I know in. specific firms that have uh, canceled 
deactivation of their key cards of people who have the capability to work from home. I think Harvard did that, where they said that they're closing all the buildings, mm. even those that have key access were taking it away. But every lab is allowed to send one person a day for like for urgent things, like making sure your mice don't die. Yeah. Like, which I, is I can understand why that makes sense, but they all yeah. at the same time they also like said you know don't kids don't come back from spring break like they sent them all away all yeah, the reses all went home like that's like that's wild yeah like, that's crazy they, they needed something better like I, I don't know how i can't comment okay I, I need to say but... something that i saw was uh, quite uh, fascinating and interesting but at the same time scary to see is i was watching cbc uh, news canada like uh, two three days ago and they were talking about people going on cruise ships and they were interviewing people entering you know going on these cruise ships and Wait, now? Uh, yeah, even now, even still. Oh my God, okay, okay. It's the worst place to go right that's, now. That's exactly it. And some of them were like, you know, some of them actually uh, were waiting for a cruise ship to come back and then they had to jump onto that. Like, if they get a positive case, then they want to get onto the ship. Some of them decided to just stay at the harbor. and But others, they're like, we just want to get on vacation. And, you know, the worst, the worst part about cruise ships is that they recycle the same air. Yeah, the, the same... virus stays in the air and gets yeah, sent right back. So even if you're in quarantine, yeah. Yeah, even and... if you're in quarantine though, it's yeah. still on you. Yeah. And the, there was a couple that, uh, because there was a cruise ship that was stuck, uh, that was in pulled Japan? out of harbor for two to three days. No, not in Japan, I'm not, somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, a couple sued them two to three million dollars or trying to sue the cruise ships for not letting them get off. And in fact, the state of California has now set up motels and lockdown motels that are specifically going to house people from cruise ships which makes more sense than keeping them on the ship yeah, yeah. what's interesting funny you mentioned cruise ships so i highly encourage anyone who's interested to go to worldometers.info slash coronavirus it's a live update of all the cases confirmed cases in the world could you repeat that worldometers so w-o-r-l-d-o-m-e-t-e-r-s dot info slash coronavirus mm-hmm. um so they have it by country cases deaths etc new cases total cases like the 15th down at the top of the list is the diamond princess the 15th country oh my god 696 individuals Shh. on that seven deaths those stock the stocks for whatever uh cruise oh yeah carnival there. and caribbean both shot down i don't oh. know if they're back up now Okay, so there was a slight yeah, jump on Friday. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're up oh. 6% today. Just, just because oh, of the statements made on Friday by uh, Trump uh, to, you know, and the entire global community, uh, fin- uh, you know, in pumping up more money into the system. Mm-hmm. But, but there is a highly likelihood that this is not, they were like, we've not, we've, we've yet reached the bottom. Yeah, we haven't reached few, the bottom yet. Yeah, I've, I've, I've still spoken to a few people today and yesterday who are well available about markets and how markets move. And they said that this is not the bottom. Even yeah. though they started yeah. pumping money into the market and buying sh- shares and stuff, they said this is not, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, well, people are saying, like, we might go into another recession and we'll see the effects for at least, like, a, another few years. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. You shut down yeah. an entire country. Like, exactly. Italy, it's, yeah. like, the ninth largest GDP in, in Europe or something. Like, how's that going to affect the European economy, which is obviously going to affect our economy? Okay, so I have a question to ask you guys. Are you guys prepared for a shutdown for the next three months? What kind of shutdown? Because if it's like Italy where grocers and pharmacies and stuff are still open, Mm. yeah, I'm prepared. If it's like lockdown, I could probably lock down for, you know, two weeks if I ration properly. Yeah. That's I it. eat a lot. <laughs> so I think, uh, they, they, like, I went to Costco. I did my shopping. Yeah. I'm well prepared for. Yeah, a month. why don't you tell us about your Costco experience? Yeah. Yeah, so first. honestly, um, so the first of all, I need to. I don't understand what's this toilet paper scare about. Like, people need to learn about bidets. Like, 
That's yeah, a thing. Save that's very yeah. much a Middle Eastern. Thing. Yeah, and it's save, a Middle Eastern. Okay, but yeah, also yeah. save the environment. Like we talk about climate change. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I saw so many, so many articles about how the marketing agency of coronavirus should be uh, climate change should hire them or whatever. It was just yeah, like seen, yeah. I see a lot of uh, climate change. They're taking advantage of this to like make a comparison. Oh yeah. So essentially, um, the thing is okay. I went to Costco um, specifically because I wanted. Uh, good quality food in large quantities and Costco is the best place to get that Shows and it was so yeah. civil it was crowded it was, it was so nice and civil people were so cordial <laughs> did not see people running around there were probably like the states where people got stabbed over I saw a video of people running with carts we would hear people were so nice the Costco uh, um, employees they had made lines people were following directions it was smooth how long was the so line? So I was there for uh, I was I was in the line for an hour, but yeah. I was oh, in totality there for two hours, just like making sure I have everything. But uh, an to hour be, in line though, that's crazy. Yeah, I think uh, maybe even less, but it was it was pretty fast. They had everyone was well prepared. That's um, nice. Yeah. It, it, honestly, I, w I went in there and I was so shocked. But as I was walking around, it was it was just beautiful to see that people were just cordial nice. nice and uh, but it's definitely like it's nice that that happened but it's definitely not the case everywhere in canada no like, there no way like i know stories from family members who went to the grocery store and it's the same thing like it was kind of not as probably messy as the states but like people are still like fighting i went to provigo and it was fine but yeah. even the no. shelves weren't even that depleted Pro oh, provigo yeah, yeah, yeah. is nice and farmer priest is one of the best places to shop right now yeah. It's so people yeah. because because people are like trying underrated. to save money. <laughs> yeah, underrated at, at the same time. But the thing is, should we hoard? Like, should we, you know, be prepared to stop? It doesn't hurt. What's the issue if you're gonna, if it's something that's that's preservable and you're going to use it? Um, I don't see an issue. I had someone on my Instagram account uh, call me out for being a sheep, and honestly, who if cares? The, the problem yeah. is is if we all do it. Mm -hmm. If we do it, the mentality is Panic everyone buying. should do it. Yeah, panic buy, and there's nothing left in the grocery store. To there's not enough food left for people to restock. Right? Yeah, because so, I'm looking back, and the office has 24 bowls <laughs> of ramen on the so, floor. So let's say I run out of food now. I go to the grocery store because I'm starving, and there's nothing there. Yeah. Right. Well, so I think like, the best thing to do is you know you can buy a lot of extra, sure, but like, yeah, like, don't Wait, like. Yeah. You don't need to stock for a year. No. For sure. Costco's different because it's it's I think. I don't know exactly, but it has infrastructure to support that kind well, of... Well, it's meant for that, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but definitely for, like, the local grocery stores, like, it's it's hard for everyone who lives around the area. Yeah, okay, so I understand. But, you know, I think there are a few things that we need to talk about is that how the world supply chain works. I think people are a bit oblivious about, you know, in terms of the meat we get, the food, the medications... It's not from around the corner. It's not from a oh, specific warehouse. medications and a lot of critical medications are generics and they're made in India and China. That's exactly yeah. it. If we yeah. see uh, like uh, a lot of the meat that gets slaughtered, that you know, if you pick up the meat in Costco, you look at that in your grocery stores. They're not from your backyard. They're not from Canada. No. The majority comes from New Zealand, from Australia, from all these other farms in Brazil. And so any sort of disruption in the supply chain. This is not meat that's got a couple of months ago. Yeah. It's weeks ago. Yeah. And so any. A disruption in this supply chain is definitely going to see a shortage if we plan to continue this well, for the next three months. Even, I'm going to go even closer if we're going to talk coronavirus. What about the shortage in masks and gloves right now? So right oh now, my God. if you go to any supply... So I work in a lab. I work with mice. And we got an email a few weeks ago saying you do not need to wear a mask anymore when you 
when you're taking care yeah. of your mice. Yeah. To be fair, we were never wearing masks to protect ourselves from the mice. It was to protect the mice from us because they're all sterile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a shortage and I don't have to wear one anymore. Yeah. Like, because everything's going to the hospitals. What does that say about the hospitals that aren't stocking enough masks, right? This and also the, the suppliers who aren't stocking enough. Interestingly, um, you know, just uh, in terms of uh, stockpiles, there's mostly maybe two to three days of stockpiles left for masks. But we don't have a stockpile for masks for 500 million or 600 no. million, unlike guns, bullets, and aircrafts and planes, yeah, where we well, stockpile weapons. This is like analogous to like number of beds in the hospitals, right? Like number of people that nurses can see. And yeah, um, it's definitely going to get overcrowded soon. Like right now, I think we're like but, relatively okay, but well, it's definitely going to get worse. What is fascinating, okay, and I know this is like, uh, uh, you know, interesting, but the China's response to the virus has been pretty pretty uh, strong in the sense they were able to build a 1,000 hospital bed, uh, you know, in from ground up yeah. uh, facility. Yeah, in like, tent city, right? Yeah, in a, in a week. Well, I think like a part of that has to do with the fact that they're in an authoritarian uh, government, right? Like, True. And the fact just... that they make everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. We <laughs> have like, you know, like, right? I, it, like, we have to like, you know, uh, I was reading a bit like there is a study, there's a group in Washington that is has the infrastructure in place to study um, the virus like very well but they couldn't at a clinical level because they had to go through all these regulatory approvals yeah. and all that stuff and they probably could have helped so many people but because we're they were democratic yeah. governments like you, you just can't yeah so lucky for china like yes they were hit hard but they came back pretty yeah. pretty hard as well but i actually if we're on the topic of masks i just would like to because i think people don't know the difference between the different types of masks okay. i see people on the subway wearing surgical masks all the time and i'm like that's not doing much so there's two main types of masks that you would wear you see people wearing one of the surgical masks these are just like the piece of cloth that's over your mouth and nose and that goes to the back of your ears that doesn't protect you from anything if at all it does is it prevents you a from touching your face and that's really the most of what it's doing and b it's soaking up the water droplets uh when you sneeze or when you cough but it's not sealed so any aerosols anything any virus that's traveling in the air is going to go in through there and you're still going to breathe it in it's really protecting others and the surfaces around you from your uh from your fluids then that's the surgical mask there's also the n95 respirators and those are the circular ones that you see mostly circulars sometimes you'll see the ones that go all the way around the face and they have like a little rectangle or square in the front so those are actually quite good because they will they will seal and they will prevent the, they have a filter that will prevent the air uh, from flowing in and they'll let air flow out. Yeah. So they're, or at least the virus air. Those are ones that are significantly in shortage yeah. right now, A. And B, for all you guys out there, if you have a beard, it doesn't work because the beard is going to prevent the seal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the fact that you need to, most of them, you need to get fitted properly to your face. So even if you are wearing it, it's not really doing much. So. I see everyone on the subway thinking that they have a mask so they can go into a crowd. Your mask isn't doing anything for in you. In fact, uh, talking about the beards, um, I had a colleague who's, who's uh, I think, girlfriend's a nurse at the Jewish General, and she literally said so for the first time ever, she saw like these doctors she's worked for 10 to 15 years shave their beard off. Yeah. This is, uh, like oh, religious yeah, doctors. Yeah. Like religious Jewish doctors. Just, yeah, shave wow. their beard off because, of, because knowing that the N95 requires yeah. a complete seal and again the problem is there is a shortage of yeah. n95 masks and uh, and you know we got to give a shout out to all the doctors and nurses out there because the rest of the public's running away 
Well, not only that, apparently, given what's going on, uh, given the Chinese data, they're being hit the hardest. Not right. only because it's oh, maybe yeah. because they're being exposed for the longest, maybe for other reasons, but like Medicare workers are being hit at a significantly higher rate than the rest of the population, which is really bad because let's say you take out 10% of the entire healthcare workforce, yeah. like that's not a linear relationship between healthcare taking no, out, exactly. right? It's going to be exponential, yeah. the well, ramifications in, of that. You're right. Like even in a similar case in Italy where like a lot of the healthcare workers are, have the virus yeah. and they're, they still have to work, yeah. right? Like who else is going to, who else is going to do it? Unless you can't breathe, you're going to work. Yeah, exactly. And right. uh, in fact, the, the healthcare workers are not getting tested because even if they get tested, it doesn't oh, matter. Exactly. They still have yeah. to continue working. Yeah. Which is scary. Like, we don't want to get there. No. Right? Like, I think we have a good, better infrastructure. At least we're, we learn from Italy a little bit. Well, we're, they say we're two weeks behind. Yes. People, yeah, that's the scary part. Like, like we're fine right now. You know, right. We're, we're doing our thing. But we might not be that far away, which, is, which is definitely scary. So, like, Michael Osterholm, which was the guest on Joe Rogan that I got a lot of my uh, information from, was, mm-hmm. get, was making a likeness to a hurricane where it's like, Oh, it's five days out and everyone's like okay whatever but then you know it's two days out and people are still whatever it's not here and then it gets here and it hits you like a truck yeah so how is that like if that's how we treat this situation there's going to be devastation exactly which is why we need to start now right? do you want to like, read an excerpt from that post wow, on the from yeah. the doctor in italy I, yeah, I uh, you know just going about while uh cash opens up that article mm-hmm. like it it's it's going to be hard. I think people need to realize that this is not a small thing. No. And that, you know, I've seen posts about people on Instagram partying and and going to large social gatherings. I mean, I understand. But, uh, you know, that you, it's, it's Friday night, people want to get out. But I think we are in times where people need to wake up. Like, I can't, I'm not going to say, hey, do not see anyone stick in your rooms, but try to minimize that sort of yeah. social gathering is at least some sort of responsible step that we can make yeah. Yeah. going on forward. Like you don't need to go to big, you don't need to go to clubs, you know, you don't need to go to like big parties. Um, there are other alternatives. You can have virtual parties, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can Skype parties, FaceTime parties. FaceTime parties. Um, you can uh, wear a hazmat suit and, and have a party if you like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm jealous about? I'm jealous about, uh, I've had, uh, you know, people who live in remote places right now. Well, here's the thing. If they live there, yeah, it's a. It's, They're it's just really like totally yeah, really unless true. they get something, and then all of a sudden their supply chain's messed up too. That is. <laughs> I mean, the, you know those people. Uh, if you actually go to Costco.com, you can find uh, packages for end of world package. It's, really? Yeah, because there's a group of people in the United States are preparing for the end of the world. They're celebrating right now. Like, oh yeah. We told you oh, guys. Yeah. Um, so I'll read two two excerpts from this post. It's a good post, like. To be honest, do you want to uh, give a background on the post? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I was in this post. It's a person who's uh, right in the middle of Italy, so in the middle of the lockdown. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but I think at least what what they're saying is is pretty good. It's pretty long, but I'll read maybe just two small points. Um, they have, so when Prime Minister Kant uh, announced last night that the entire country, sixty million people, go in lockdown, the line that struck me the most was, "There's no more time." Because to be clear, this national lockdown is a Hail Mary. What he means is that if the numbers of contagion do not start to go down, the system, Italy itself, will collapse, right? And that's, she's just saying like, you know, this is a last minute effort to kind of save the city before there's a panic. And then she ends off with, um, you have a chance to make a difference. Push, 
for your entire office to work at home. Cancel birthday parties and other gatherings. Stay at home as much as you can. If you have a fever, any fever, stay home. Push for school closures. Anything you can do to stop the spread and the spread in your communities because there's a two-week incubation period. And if you do these things now, then you can buy our medical system sometime. I think we've all seen that graph where uh, um, there's two, two lines of graph. One is like a big peak at the beginning, which is basically what happened in China. Yeah. Um, like loss of infections yeah. very fast, at a very fast race, fast pace. Um, the second is like a more plateaued curve, which is when you have a good healthcare infrastructure, people are practicing safe public health measures. Like you can slow down the system, you can slow down the panic. And yeah. I think that's what. I think one thing about the curve that people need to realize is that the area under the curve is the same. Is that the people? Yeah. We're all going to be affected. Point. Yeah. In the sense, we are all going to be affected. This virus is spreading at a fast rate, but the idea is that we want to reduce the pressure on the healthcare system. If you could stagger waves that would be best and everyone going in at once that's exactly yeah, it yeah. and um you know based on a non-peer review paper i mean uh it says that it stays up to three hours in aerosols i, and, I think it was just i just though you're talking about the one med archive i yeah. think it just went it just got published in uh, new england journal of medicine okay so but it's, it's up to three hours aerosol 72 hours on plastic or stainless steel mm -hmm. 24 hours on i guess non-stainless steel cardboard yeah 48 hours on cardboard yeah. eight hours on copper so people are saying like go put it on your copper doors like put copper all over your stuff but no it still survives on copper Damn. so honestly also wild that the lancet is publishing everything so fast oh my god right well, like or um new england journal also that like, china's making things like open access as well yeah. and they're publishing a lot of their results like people are complaining that they're not transparent but apparently they're being pretty transparent like, yeah, like, I guess at this point, we have no choice. And this is what helps research. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if you guys heard of this, what's going on in Saskatchewan with the, um, I think they were the ones that identified the structure of the virus or were able to culture the virus. Okay. And they're testing the first uh, set of vaccines. So I, I wanted to get into vaccines because yeah. vaccines are very difficult. I mean, we first things first, we don't even have a vaccine for SARS-1 or MERS. Yeah. So yeah. those are the previous two coronaviruses. We, we do have treatments for them. Well, yeah, we have, we, we do. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't really have treatment for coronavirus. We have some no. theoretical ones. But the thing with vaccines is that they're not hard to make. They're easy to make. They're hard to put into into practice. So, firstly, the making efficacy. sure that... What? <laughs> Sorry, you keep going. Well, the efficacy of the vaccine needs to be high enough that it actually works. But yeah. secondly, you need to make sure it's safe. Because there's something called... Um, what was it? Antibody-dependent... Uh, whoa, what, what was it called? I forget. Anyways, ADE. Um... Yeah, antibody-dependent enhancement. So basically, when your your immune system is like the army that protects you from invaders, and they release these soldiers called antibodies, right? And those are the ones that will protect you from the actual virus. If you don't have any soldiers, you're going to get invaded. If you have a lot of soldiers, you're going to stop the invasion. If you have a middle amount of soldiers, that's what antibody-dependent enhancement is when you give a virus and you don't get enough antibodies into to be produced. Mm. When you actually get the virus, it actually gives you, it makes your symptoms worse and actually has a higher mortality rate. So if the virus isn't proven to be safe, it's actually going to kill more people. Than it's it's going to do more worse yeah. than it's going to do. You mean the vaccine? If the vaccine yeah. isn't safe, then yeah. it's going to do more well, harm definitely. than it does good. But I think like... And know, these there's, take there's a, years though, that's the thing. Well, there's a, there's a balance, right? Like, do we wait years for people and all these people die and come with this relatively safe or a very safe vaccine or do we come with a relatively safe one that might save quite a few people but we're unsure right. of the risk but like, even the influenza vaccine you have mm -hmm. different dosage uh 
well, firstly, they have to develop one every year, but yeah. secondly, they have different dosage for different ages, right? So, yeah. And for people with different uh, conditions, we'll have to get not only different doses, but it maybe some can't even get the vaccine, right? Yeah. So, like, how do we know that there, there's not going to be a general vaccine for COVID-19, mm-hmm. which is the issue with expediting the process. You miss a lot of those safety measures that you would otherwise have. I think what's important yeah. is yeah. Uh, there's a um, documentary series on Netflix called Pandemic. Uh, it's like a four or five part documentary series. Watch the first episode. I recommend people to watch it. It's just because this was made, I think, a couple of months ago. And it describes our present situation wow. so well. Like it was, it, 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 this is a city, these doctors who were saying that mm-hmm. this is happening. We're not talking about in a, in a decade. They were saying in years, in months, yeah. this is going to happen. And in fact, uh, one of you know the guests that uh, uh, yeah Michael Olmhurst yeah exactly and one uh, of his article Osterholm Osterholm and uh, page number uh, chapter number thirteen yeah. one of the quotes that he and for a book that's released a year and a half ago clearly states you know he's talking about disa- places where the viruses could start and in the quote was China no, he breaks everything it was crazy <laughs> it was just sick and insane and you know talking about, uh, we could talk about the wet markets but essentially what what is our you know you know uh, what do you think about, you know, cultural implications of this virus? Like, you know, there's a lot of been racism out there. And I've, I think people need to be wary of that as well. The racism? Well, I think, like, when it was a joke, it, it was xenophobic, right? Like, 100%. For sure. Like, um, when no one really thought it, was, it would affect us, like, you know, yeah, it was very xenophobic. But now, I think people are because it's becoming more real, I feel like it's almost becoming less racist, um, and it's more of like a real health measure. But although that being said, like some people are still using it as like a... Uh, oh, people always. I mean, the whole yeah. toilet paper. I saw a meme the other day, or like a video the other day, where someone's going to McDonald's and trying to pay with like toilet paper. Oh my mm. gosh, that's, that's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, there's lots of like uh, things I've seen. There's a coronavirus rap I saw. There's a... <laughs> okay okay well, one of the things i think it really exposes is the the healthcare system and how we need not only the healthcare system but the policies that are in place for something like this which clearly have not been very good considering it's taken so long to actually come out with anything not just on the governmental level but also the administration level in schools yeah. uh, on the within ourselves like no one really I, I never grew up thinking like, oh, what if one day there's a crazy virus? Like you watch zombie movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you think, oh, okay, this is never going to happen. But it's happening right now. Yeah, like I think a lot of infrastructures are waiting for that one case. Like, for example, the NBA, right? Like, um, I yeah. forget, the, forget the guy's name. But he, the second he was diagnosed, or the second they found out he had it, like they shut down the whole NBA, right? Yeah. Um, F1. Same F1 thing. Well, NHL, MLB. Well, I guess there's more. All, all see, like, all we should be like I don't know. In my opinion, we should be shutting things down like before there's a case. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, but this, but at what point do you do that? Right, that's the issue. Which is, is hard that... to know, for sure. It's hard to know when to do that. The thing is, okay, now now that we we're here, um, you know, we're dealing with this virus. How do we deal it on a you know day to day basis? Like how do we boost our immune system? This is something I want to talk about as well. well boosting like, your immune system. What's working? I think you can really. Yeah, I mean, be healthy. Yeah. Be healthy, like healthy diet. Keep working out, but sleep. Be very careful at the gym and lights all down everything. I think that's yeah. the number one thing. Is I mean, honestly, at the you know, we've got to see the silver silver lining to everything, and one of the best. I mean, see, it is 
you know, it's affecting thousands of people. People are dying. But one thing that I've realized over this weekend is people have taken a step back in life. Yeah, exactly. it's it's just we you know we've we've come together and we've just you know we've stopped running that chase and this gives us you know time to reflect. Like I've for for myself, I'm working more on educating myself in this period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, concentrate on just like things at work that I did not think about. Uh, working on new skills. I mean, this is something that is. It could be sort of a distraction to this greatest chaos, greater chaos that's going on, but we gotta take the best out of the worst situation in this case. I mean, do you guys have any plans for what you know yeah. you have for the next couple of weeks? Well, I have to go in most days, <laughs> yeah, unless they shut us. Even if they shut us down, we're gonna find a way to continue the ex- our chronic experiments, anyways, mm-hmm. until they're done. I have like ten days left, I think. Um, other than that, education, maybe focus more on some of the projects that I've been. Some of the personal projects that I've been thinking of, yeah. YouTube maybe, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, well, from my, I look at it from like a business perspective, right? So I've, I've I went to a seminar the other day on like how to how does a business run during a recession, and a lot of it is a lot of it was about um, survival, right? So you're not gonna have a lot of inf- uh, cash coming in. Um, change your workers from full time to um, hourly. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you maintain your resources so you can survive this, yeah. this time? Um, luckily my startup isn't in a place where like we're making money or we're spending a lot of money. Correct. So this means for us, basically the world has, time has stopped. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Which is, which is like, uh, it's unfortunate for a lot of businesses, but putting that aside for a second, it's amazing for the developers or people who want to build something because while everyone is slowed down, it's up to us to catch up. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like I'm using this time to be more productive, um, more than before to be honest so yeah yeah in the in, in the industry i work is like for example if you you know you had the uh gold mine craze in california mm-hmm. people ran there some people made money some people do not make money but the people who consistently made money were the ones who had building uh, sieves and spades because you know they, they, the, those were the tools required by everyone irrespective of whether someone had yeah. the goal or not had the goal yeah and i'm in a very similar industry where i you know sell simulation software tools and there's a lot of R&D involved. Yeah. And because it's simulation and it's software, you can constantly work from home. Yeah. And, and it's the working from home part and the fact that this, the market is like stopping. Yeah, People true, yeah. knock me into the office. You know, you don't have as many, at least for me, I don't have to work on my projects. I have so much time for anything else. Yeah. I know there's, there's a huge influx of R&D demand. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm going to be in meetings all week next week from home uh, dealing with all these companies who want to start developing their R&D on the simulation end is because they have the time, everything else has stopped, but business has to somehow continue. Yeah, things have to keep going. Tell the grad students, you know, like write your papers, write your thesis right, right now. <laughs> and if you have no, if you don't have any data to analyze, start writing review papers. Yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah. easy to get published. I'll a quick review right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like, that's what it might be doing actually. Yeah. One of the sad things. Um, the cool thing is also like the government's putting in a lot of funding, not cool thing, but like a lot of more funding into coronavirus related research so if you have like some something you're working on if you can put a, a coronavirus spin to it or, or something like that, you're likely to get more funding oh yeah for and sure they're actually and stopping they're... funding into other things like i have a few grants that i applied to and they've kind of stopped those uh, really together because like they need to allocate resources more appropriately. for the startup or for your under for startup, research startup, yeah. oh really the yeah. really big ones too yeah, yeah 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 they just like um pause them oh shit yeah oh shit oh <laughs> that's not good um yeah. We were talking uh, about vaccines, and there's another treatment that I 
had heard about that is not being used right now, but it could potentially be used. It's a very old treatment. Uh, it's called passive antibody treatment, where you take Sorry? passive antibody treatment, okay. or covalescent, mm -hmm. use covalescent serum. But basically what you do is you take the antibodies, these soldiers, uh, immune soldiers, of a patient who both had the, the, the disease but recovered from it, and then you could infuse those into the blood of a current patient and use those to treat, it's to like, boost their immune system. It's, it's like fecal transplant? In a sense. You can say that. <laughs> in a sense. Um, yeah. And you could do that either, either as a treatment where you take a lot and you stick it in the patient that has not a lot and has a virus and hopefully they recover, or you could use it as prophylaxis or like as a preventative measure where you give a little bit to, let's say, the doctors as a preventative measure, boost their immune system short term, uh, specifically against this virus, uh, and therefore they don't catch it. But of course, the big issue being that it requires very expensive and difficult techniques. So this one thing, um, apheresis, where you take a patient, you hook them up to this machine that will take their blood, centrifuge it to remove whatever parts that you want, and then you repurpose that blood back into that same patient. You know what this reminds me of? Like a uh, family sitting down with the vials and like, everyone got to take your shots. And then you just take your antibodies if for people, for people who are genetically, you know, cannot generate those antibodies. Like it just reminds me of all those movies. I think there was an entire show called The 100 where, you know, all these kids had to take these shots for those who didn't have oh, those antibodies. Oh, radiation. Maybe. But that's basically it. You're yeah. giving someone else's antibodies yeah. or antibodies that someone else has made, putting it into a patient that doesn't have them yet. Right. Mm -hmm. um, which would be really cool. But it would require a lot of mobilization from like the yeah. blood banks and hospital equipment that we might not necessarily have in all the hospitals. It would just be very expensive and difficult. It's, it's definitely a wake up call uh, for yeah. where, where we put our resources, what's important in life. I mean, we're going to move more towards, you know, healthcare. We're going to move towards just developing some sort of uh, better uh, hygiene uh, protocols. Yeah. Well, maybe also it'll start sparking the U.S. into looking more into socialized healthcare, considering oh, the fact yeah, that like, yeah. a, what was it? Each one of their tests costed like thirty-five hundred dollars. If I was sick and I had a test that cost me thirty-five hundred dollars, I probably wouldn't get that test. Yeah, that's and that's a, a big huge problem. amount of yeah. money. Yeah. Wow. Um, was there any? What? What should we? So I think we started touching on this, but what? I I I don't want us to paint a doomsday picture. Because mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's, I don't want it to be like fear mongers, you know, like I don't think that the world is ending. I want to make yeah. that very clear. The world probably is not ending. Like, yeah, it's going to get bad before it gets better. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but it, we're not all dead. Well, the thing is like, we, there's worse things that ha has happened in the past. Yeah, right? that is correct. Like, uh, and worse will happen in the future. Yeah. And worse will happen in the future. Exactly. So we're not special. And we need to stop thinking like this is this is the end kind of thing. We always do think that which whenever is, something like this happens. Oh so. my God. Exactly, which is like we still need to take precautions. But um, and it, like Yaf said, like take advantage of this time. You know, like stay home with your family, and um, you don't need to rush out the door anymore. Like you can take your time doing things. I took more. yeah, that's exactly today in the morning. Uh, generally, like I, uh, you know, I, I went for a long walk towards the hit workout gym. Mm. To be uh, fair, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday, but I honestly like I took <laughs> my time having my breakfast. I've, I've been cooking my meal. Yo, so one thing about my Costco run, I got ten kilos of onions. 
Jesus. That's okay, why you so many onions? Because that's the only bag that the they have. The world is ending. I, no, the thing is, <laughs> I, I get the onions. Like, I cook. Why onions? Like, I would have got maybe meat or something. So there was no meat. There was no chicken. Oh, there was okay, no beef okay, left okay. when I went there. So anyhow, long... <laughs> she yeah, like chomping on an onion. <laughs> For those who haven't seen what ten kilos of onions looks like, it's an entire Costco bag of onions. And Literally. Costco bags are massive. Yeah. yeah. But I made like onion soup. Two and a half feet long by one foot wide and one and a half feet deep. It's all full oh of onions. God. Okay, okay. But before you guys continue, you'll definitely need to taste my onion soup because it's gorgeous. It's actually genuinely so I made it. It took a while. It took me an hour and a half, like stirring, like chopping. You know, I cried a lot. It was, uh, you know, talking about. Why aren't you doing the instant pot? It was, but then you have when you're uh, in the instant pot, you can stir it, and it was gonna chop it, yeah. and then get it golden brown. I went to the dot, got the cheese, the bread. I didn't get the, the time. I didn't have time, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but it's definitely something. Sorry. Like I'm, I'm throwing it out there for anyone who's listening. Yeah. Want onion soup? We can make some onion soup. Um, something I think maybe if we're close to being finished, one of the last topics mm-hmm. I want to end on is what can everyone do? Which we sort of touched upon, but I really want to bring home what individuals can do and first and foremost is wash your hands a lot and like not just stick it under water put a little soap in it and wash it again like scrub scrub in between yeah. your fingers under your nails scrub all everything yeah, also wipe down hand. wipe down surfaces that are in high use so your computer your phone uh your kitchen counter your yeah. your your faucets wipe them down with lysol if you don't have lysol because they're out take a like one of those containers that Plastic containers that like pineapple comes in. You know what I'm talking about? You, you ever see the pineapple, the canned pineapple that comes in like uh, they cut it at Provigo? Also, just like vegetables and stuff okay. come okay. in. Yeah. No just idea. get a container. Okay. Fine. Um, <laughs> fill it with uh, a cup of water and like two tablespoons of bleach or two cups of water, two tablespoons of bleach. And then take a roll of paper towels, cut it in half and put it in. And you have Lysol wipes. They're just bleach. It's just bleach with with nice, paper. I, I don't know that actually. I probably probably do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and apparently you, if rest- you have any drink alcohol it's about 60 to 70% that could be used as well. Yeah, but there's yeah. No, no, I don't know of drinking alcohol. Like people have talked about Tito's. Do you said Tito's had to put Tito's vodka had to put out a statement saying do not use our vodka to make hand sanitizer. No oh, way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But at least they did a, some things that's socially responsible. Yeah, but people cuz there's a lot of recipes online but it's easy to make uh, hand sanitizer just some rubbing alcohol, which mm-hmm. is isopropanol uh, and like aloe gel. Yeah. Um, so washing your hands and cleaning your stuff. Also, stay away from large crowds. I mean, I guess if you, obviously the NBA and all these sports uh, mm-hmm. venues close down for a reason. One big reason is the fact that getting 60,000 people inside of one confined space is probably yes, a bad idea probably, when you have a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so Quebec government said um, 250. 250. Yeah. But yeah. also, 200 people is a lot of people. Like, well, I, would, yeah, I would say, like... Do you? St- it's okay. not like 149 is going to make a difference, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, all, all, all the clubs in Montreal are still open, for sure. I mean, I They're I not going to close, unless no, they're And then one of government. them specifically stated that we're going to cap our, our number of people to 250. Which because, is smart. Yeah. Socially yeah. responsible. No, I'm required. Not socially responsible because it was required bars, by law. All the bars and clubs in Montreal have to have yeah. that cap now? Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. It's required by law. And they said we're going to cap it by 250, but we can't, con- we can't have the dance and stop. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's so dumb on the bars and clubs. Like, if they <clears> say, we'll let in 249 people, 
to make sure that everyone's safe. Like, <laughs> I think that's the dumbest thing. I know. Because uh, that one person is really going to tip the edge over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know like, what? You do need a guideline to stick by. And, yeah. Which is, which is understandable, right? But, like, I also know there's like, a lot of coffee shops in my area. Like, they're closing down. To be honest, I don't know if it's because of the, like, the gathering or because they can't sustain Yeah, the business. supply chain. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, you know, clubs and bars, if you're listening, like, you guys got to close down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so stay away from very large crowds. Stay away from old folks' homes because yes. they're cl- – And like yeah. we – I'm going to reiterate, age, blood pressure, high blood pressure, uh, obesity, diabetes, respiratory, respiratory issues, mm-hmm. heart issues. These are the number one – risk factors especially age though for COVID-19 so firstly if you have any of these you should probably self-isolate or at least limit contact as much as possible and be extra careful but if you're not stay away from areas that like old folks homes that has high concentrations of people like this there's that case in Washington where like 13 old people passed away because because it somehow got in but also you know you need to be socially responsible for yourself and for others yeah, like keep in mind, like it's not just about you, right? Like if you're, you can be a carrier and not be as affected as, as an older person, yeah. but like, yeah, you're going to affect other people. Yeah. Like play a role in uh, society. And if you are experiencing symptoms in Montreal, they have the 811 number. Mm-hmm. Only call that if you're experiencing symptoms because if they're getting flooded, there's yeah. a separate number that you could find online for information on COVID-19. In Ontario, I believe it's telehealth that you're supposed to call. And there's a specific number you can find it online. But if you're experiencing symptoms, don't go to the hospital. Unless it's like deathly, don't go to the hospital because you're going to infect everybody there. Stay home, call one of these hotlines so that they can t- t- direct you and tell you what to do. Yeah. And stay safe, guys. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully next week we'll be talking about yeah. modern dating. <laughs> I, mean, that, <laughs> I mean that was that was the planned topic for today yeah. and it was just like oops okay we'll see maybe yeah, yeah. yeah things will change and yeah who knows yeah. who knows all right. all right so yeah stay healthy and uh looking forward to talking next week say no to coronavirus <laughs> later <laughs>